God's showing up, church. Amen? It's funny, we've been talking about this transition with the renovations. And if you're just joining us and you're new here, this isn't our normal church building. We're meeting at a middle school, believe it or not. Um, we're here at Terrell Middle School because we're going through a renovation process where we are um, renovating our sanctuary. We're excited. It's coming along very well. Whenever we're done, we're going to have room for 130 more people than we had before. Um, so we're excited. We're making room for more and for God to do a lot. We're excited. But one of the things we've been saying over and over and over again is that, um, you know, God isn't confined to the walls of a church, a sanctuary, a building. He's meeting us here in power right now. Um, it doesn't matter what the, you, you know, if, it, if it's a school or under a mango tree, as Pastor Marcia has said, or in a prison somewhere, wherever it is, where the people of God meet and set their hearts on meeting with God, all things are possible. God can do whatever it is that he'll do in those times. And so we've kind of said the space, it isn't about the space. But I want to give you the other side of that equation. Because sometimes it is very much about the space when God meets you. You'll never forget sometimes where you were. Some of you that are standing here, you'll never forget where you were standing when God met you in this moment, when you were being prayed over to go to Guatemala. God might do something in someone's heart and life in Team Guatemala, call you to ministry, whatever it is, and you may have been standing right here. I saw Pastor Marsh and a few other people speaking into some people's ears. Perhaps God was giving words, whatever it was. But in that moment, you'll never forget you were standing right on that tile or right there or right there. You know, I still walk into certain spaces where God showed up in my life, and I'll never forget where I was. And it warms my heart to remind me of that moment when God met me. Are you with me? So in, in many ways, the space is the space. God will meet us anywhere, but when he meets us, it's amazing to just take a moment. You know, God would make them make memorials in different places, right where they parted the, the Jordan River and went through. He's like, I want you to remember. Right at these key moments, I want you to remember. He did that not because he wants to create a lot of decorations in a lot of places. It's because we're so forgetful, aren't we? May we never forget the moments God meets us, the moments he gives us, the kairos, these God appointments. That's what we're studying this summer. We're walking through a summer of kairos where we're studying God moments in Scripture, divine appointments. And here's what I believe. If Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he has kairos moments for you and for me. The things we read about in the Bible are not finished and done. That's not the end of God's working. That's the beginning of him doing something brand new and it's continuing in our lives that Jesus has the power to meet us today just like he's met people all these years along. Do you believe that today church? And so we never want to forget where we were as God meets us and as he brings us into these places. You know we're going to be talking today if you have your Bible open with me to Exodus chapter 3. We're going to be talking about the life of Moses and again I'm, we're in this series called Kairos, Summer of Kairos. You wonder what's that word all about? This word is a Greek word. And in the Greek, and when you read in the New Testament, you'll see that there is the word for time. But if you study it in the original language, it has two different words often used. Kronos and then kairos. Kronos means just time, like you and I would use the word time. But when we use phrases like divine appointment or God time or a moment when God showed up, all that, that's what they would use the word kairos for. It means an appointed time. A special time, a God-ordained time, whenever we're called to do something, when we must respond. When a Kairos moment comes, it calls people to response. And so we've been studying these moments and looking at 
our own lives and how when these moments comes into our lives, we want to be ready to respond, ready to make the most of them. And I found that as we've walked through this in the life of Moses, I think about all that he went through in his life. But there was a Kairos moment. It's a pretty popular one that many of us will remember. It's the burning bush. Anyone ever heard of that? Know what I'm talking about? When God met Moses and spoke to him through a burning bush, I could imagine that as he spent time all around that area after that, that he would probably never forget that place where the bush caught on fire and was not consumed and where the voice of God spoke and called him and changed the trajectory of his life forever, not just for his life, but for a whole nation of people. And I believe this message is so important for us today because I feel like God wants to give us a moment like that today. He wants to give us a burning bush moment. He wants to give us a, mo a moment that's going to turn the tide. You know, as Pastor Marsha was praying in the prayer meeting a few weeks ago, I believe it was, and as she may have mentioned on a Sunday morning, as we were in prayer, she had mentioned, she said, it's almost like I saw a tide, like a tide that was just coming over people. Think about it if you've ever been caught in a riptide or swimming in the ocean and the waves start to get too much and you just feel like it's continuing to just barrel over you and you can't get out of it. She said, I just kind of saw that tide just covering people. Man, whenever you feel like you're just completely immersed, overwhelmed, has anyone felt overwhelmed before? Anyone feeling overwhelmed even today? That tide's just covering over you. And what Pastor Marsh said, she just sensed the Lord. And I really feel that this is what the Lord is about to do in this season. We're praying for even today. God's going to do something significant. Is that the tide's just going to begin to turn. That it was going one way and it just starts to turn around. It just goes the complete opposite direction. And so that's this moment. The moment we're talking, the Kairos moment in Exodus chapter 3, it may not look like much. It was just a little bush that was on fire. But if you understood the significance of that, what it was, was the entire tide of a nation was about to turn through this one bush, through this one moment. I want you to know, some of you, you feel like you're in a wilderness. Some of you feel like you're in a difficult place. For Moses, at this moment in Exodus chapter 3, he has killed a man in Egypt, fled for his life, been living in the wilderness. He's now a shepherd taking care of flocks for his father-in-law, Jethro. He's on the backside of nowhere. He's an outcast and almost an outlaw from Egypt because of what he had done. And he's on the run. He's just living in anonymity, thinking his life is over. And on that day, God turned the tide for Moses. He turned the tide for a whole people. The children of Israel were slaves now for generations. They were oppressed. They were, they were in, in the most grueling, difficult situations under Egyptian rule. And in this one moment, at this one bush, God turns the tide. Come on, somebody. Are you ready for a Kairos moment that can change everything, that can turn the tide, that can shift the atmosphere? That's what we're going to pray for today. Lord, bring it today, we pray. Lord, help us to learn from your word, Lord God. How to experience, how to have a key, how to have what it takes, Lord God, to make sure we're, uh, we're responding to these moments as you bring them before us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this tide that I'm talking about, this overwhelming sense of oppression, of a weight of heaviness that was over the people of God, it didn't come out of nowhere. For them in Egypt, at this moment in time, when we catch up in, in Exodus chapter 3, it had come because of generations of a problem. And it's a problem that plagues the world today. It's a problem that plagues the church today. 
It's the problem that plagues this room today, I'm quite sure. You see, as you look at Israel, the Israelites, the children of God, as you learn in the Bible, there's a lot of wrong choices that are made. Especially when they're in the wilderness. We pick up on that later. But they make a lot of wrong choices. But the, the wrong choice that they made, the, the issue that's at the core of why they found themselves in slavery in Egypt was this one word, comfort. This idea of comfort. And here's what I realized. My wife and I were just shopping for a new bed recently. We spent hours in a store realizing, and this is what she kept saying to me and I was saying to her, well, we're going to be sleeping on this bed for like the next 10 years plus. So we want to make sure we're comfortable. We spend a, you spend a good portion of your day sleeping. They say eight hours. If you're honest, how many of you actually are sleeping eight hours a night? Wow. No one put their hands up. I believe you. Um, but you spend a long time there. And so if you're going to do that, you want to be comfortable. That makes sense, right? If you're going to have a mattress, you're going to lay down. You want to make sure you're comfortable. Here's what I realize we've done as believers. We've taken that, hey, we want to make sure we're comfortable while we're sleeping and while we're awake and while we're doing this, and while we're doing that, we've taken it to we want to be comfortable 24-7. We want to be comfortable all the time. We just want to be comfortable. We don't want to feel any, any discomfort. We don't want to feel any pain. We don't want to feel any difficulty. Any, we just want to be comfortable. Can I tell you this? That today's comfortable can become tomorrow's captivity. That what we're doing to find ourselves comfortable today can be the very thing that takes us captive in the future. The people of God became comfortable in Egypt. And they were comfortable, and another day went by, and another month went by, and another generation went by, and they were comfortable. And they grew in that comfort. And the very thing that was making them comfortable was about to take them captive. For someone today, you're running to something to make you more comfortable, but it's, it has teeth to it. It has chains around it. It might take you captive. Be careful what you run to for comfort. Amen? You guys didn't like that. That's okay. That's okay. Comfort breeds complacency. Complacency brings about captivity. When you're standing still. I'm telling you, you know why all the herds are moving in Africa? They have to be moving because if they stay in one place, they're done. It's over. They'll be, the predator will come. The enemy will come and take them out. They're always on the move. Man, what happens to us, though? We just plant ourselves. You need to be planted spiritually, but you need to be agile. You need to make sure you're moving, you're walking. You're not stuck, but you're moving forward in the things of God and what he has for you. Because complacency will lead to captivity eventually. And that's exactly what happened. But God was ready to turn the tide. Someone say, turn it. Here it is, Exodus chapter 3. Let's jump in. Now Moses was pastoring. The flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horab, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of the bush. And he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight, why the bush is not burned up. In verse 4, and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. And the Lord said, don't come near. Remove your sandals from your feet. The place which you are standing is holy ground. 
So in this moment, we're going to see something. It's what I would call a key. It's a key to Kairos. It's a key to a God moment in your life. And there are two keys that I want us to explore this morning. Because I believe that we're not making the most of every opportunity God's bringing into our lives. I believe there are divine appointments that are being missed. There are appointments that are on the calendar of God that he desires to do more. That we're not maximizing, making the most of. But I believe there's one key here. And it's, it's one that's so important for us to be able to use. Because there's, there's some of us that we know God wants to do more. We could feel it in our hearts. And we just find ourselves just looking, reaching. And it's like nothing's working. We feel stuck sitting on the outside looking in. I was reminded of a time not so long ago that I was locked out of the church building. And I tried to come and tried to get in one night. And um, we have two keys, kind of sets of keys at the church. We have the keys to the inside of the building, and I have one of those keys. I got it when I became an employee at Evangel Church years ago. But then there's another key. It's a very special key. It's a key to the outside doors. And only very special people get that key. I think Pastor Rick has one of them. Um, the President of the United States has one, probably. <laughs> Secret Service agents, I don't know, maintenance has one. Pastor Marsha doesn't have one. I went many, many years without having one. I think when they voted me in as senior pastor, they then brought me to this private room in a vault. And they pulled a key out from a shrine and they handed it to me. It was very special. No, but this key, like I, 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 so I put it on a keychain, and I don't use it much because the building's often open when, I'm, when I need to be here. But just that one night, right, that I needed to be here. And it had been years since I ever used that key. So I pull out this keychain. I have this big keychain with all these keys on it. And I'm going one by one into this door. None of the keys are working. I'm thinking maybe they changed the locks right after they gave it to me. I don't know what happened. No keys working. And I found myself so frustrated. Like, I, the thing I need is right there on the other side. And I thought that was appropriate as I was praying for this message. Because some of you feel like you're standing at the place where God wants to meet you. And you're standing right on the outside of it. Like I was on the outside of the church building. And just trying everything I can. And just nothing seemed to be working. But I believe there are two keys that this shows us that help us step into a Kairos moment. The first key, and I want you to say it with me here, is your availability. Say availability. Availability. You almost miss it if you, if, if you don't see it here in the Scripture. But look with me in Exodus chapter 3. You know, Moses is going through his job. He has a new job. He has a new career. It's pastoring the flock of his father-in-law. He's, he's taking care of his everyday life. But as he's going through the motions of that, his heart is open and available in such a way that as he sees this burning bush that's there on the side, somewhere in the vicinity of him, it catches his attention and he decides in his heart, I'm going to pause and make myself available to this moment in time. I'm not going to pass it by. You following me, church? Some of us are too busy for Kairos moments in our lives. If God was to be able to talk to you today and sit down and say, I have a cause, what, what your calendar, what your schedule, what your mind, what your heart says is I don't have time for that. God, i got all these other things I'm worried about. And we've almost made ourselves unavailable to experience some of the things that God would want to do. And so we see Moses, he turns to the side. And the Bible says, when God saw that Moses turned, then he spoke to him. Availability precedes God speaking to Moses in this, in this time. It was because he made himself available. 
that God met him. It was because God saw his availability in that moment that he then was ready to speak to him and meet him. Some of us are looking for three visions and a miracle. And what God says is, I want your availability first. Let me then speak to you in that place. And we're so busy. We we haven't created margin and space in our lives to say, Lord, let me go look at this site. Let me just sit in your presence for just a moment and take a breath and receive from you. When God saw that, he spoke. I think one of the great things that limit our availability is our busyness. It's that we have so over-budgeted our time that we're running to all kinds of different things. And if you were to go through and prioritize the things that we're giving our time to in this life, how many of them are worthy and how many of them are lesser? How many of the things are, are things that you feel like you're giving your time to and it's like, you know, I... I don't need to be watching that much TV. I don't need to be on the phone or doing this or doing that. But what it's doing is it's consuming time where I believe God has burning bushes, where God wants to speak, where he wants to reveal himself more and more. They're keeping us out of the word. They're keeping us out of prayer. They're keeping us out of worship, all these things. And whenever our life gets so overrun and our availability shrinks, then it's going to be less and less that we're able to take advantage of these moments that God wants to bring into our lives. Does that make sense, church? Are you with me this morning? And so we have to say, Lord, I need to make sure that I am disciplining myself, creating some discipline, some boundaries to have space and time, multiple moments within the day, pockets of time within the day. It isn't just about in the morning or at night. Be throughout the day. And it doesn't have to be hours at a time, but just moments that we're giving to the Lord uninterrupted, undivided attention. Lord, you have all my attention right now. And in one of those moments, I believe God might show you a bush. He might show you something. He might speak a word to you. The second reason why I believe our availability becomes limited and why this is an issue is because we don't measure what God wants to do in our lives by by the right things. We often think that we're not able. Our ability is the determining factor for if God is going to use us. When Pastor Marsha shared, or uh, whenever we, we share these announcements, if you heard the announcements around, um, you know, service hosts or these different opportunities, or when Pastor Paul gets up and he shares about some great opportunities that we have going on here at Evangel Church, and you'll hear something, like one of the announcements today about being a service host and standing up here and sharing, and some would say, I could never do that. And then you see people being prayed over that are going to go to Guatemala or to Uganda or somewhere. I could never do that. I could never go and speak to people. You're thinking of it all wrong. When you become a child of God, your success in the kingdom is not based on your ability anymore. It isn't because it's his ability. What's it based on? It's based on your availability. Why are you there? Why are you going to Guatemala? How did that happen for you? For some people, they're going to stand and say, I rose my hand and said, I want to go. What was it? I made my week available, and I, I, I called out time from work, and I made myself available. I promise you, I, I'm there and talking to Maria about the people as we're selecting teams. She is not coming with lists of qualities. Well, they're this, and they do this for a living. What is it? They made themselves available, and God's speaking to them. And I feel God wants to set them apart for this time. It's about availability. Come on, Maria, I see you. you, you come on, you're with me, right? It's about our availability, not just about our ability. 
It's about us making sure that we're available to God, that we're opening our hearts, our lives to him, to be able to receive from him what he wants to do. This is what happened for Moses, is that it's about our availability, not just about our ability. If you make yourself available, God has the power to make you able. That's what I want you to know. So Moses, he gets into this. He tries to close the door of God's calling on his life in this Kairos moment, this burning bush moment. Everything we saw, the Red Sea being parted, everything. It almost, Moses tried to close the door before any of it ever happened. As we continue to look through this passage, if you go to the next um, chapter, chapter 4, Moses is having this conversation with the Lord. He's already begun protesting. He's like, well, I don't even know who you are, and I don't know this, and I don't know that, Lord. And he gives all these excuses. We talked a few weeks ago, you heard a message about excuses keeping us from our Kairos moments. Chapter uh, 4, verse 1, Moses protested again. What if they don't believe me? What if they don't listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? Moses even doubting this moment even happened. He's like, what if they don't even think this is a real moment, Lord? What if I'm hallucinating? He gives God every excuse he has. And then he goes and he says, I don't speak well. I don't know what to say. They won't listen to me. All these different things. All these Ability-based excuses. But the question is, has God called you? Has he spoken it? And if ha are you willing to make yourself available? God wasn't asking Moses for any ability. He was asking for availability. Some of you today think you can't do what God might be putting in your heart because you don't think you have the ability. That's fine. You don't think you're qualified. That's fine. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualified the call qualifies the called. It's a little bit of a tongue twister. Th that it's, it's so different. It's so upside down in God's kingdom. It's so beautiful. So this is what he does. This is how he works. It's in our weakness that he's strong through us. It's in our surrender. You'll see people that are moved so powerfully from God, and yet they have so many challenges sometimes. Challenges to speak, and God will use them as prophets. We'll see it all the time. This is what happened for Moses. The bio, uh, biblical scholars would say he had some kind of problem. He tells I don't speak well. God answers every one of his concerns. He said, I don't even know how this is going to happen. And God finally says to him, Moses, what's in your hand? He had a rod, a staff, a shepherd's staff. He said, throw it on the ground. He threw it down on the ground, this rod. It turned into a snake right in front of him. He ran, he hid, he was afraid from it. God says, don't run. I want you to reach out, I want you to grab it. And when he grabbed it again, it turned back in to his rod. God said, this is a sign that if you lay down what you're holding in your hand before me, if you surrender it before me, then I'm going to meet it with my power and presence, and I'll do the impossible. Some of us, we're not willing to lay it down, so we're not going to see the power of God fill it. But he said, when you do that, when you make it available to me, watch what I do. So that's the first key. It's about our availability. The second key, though, is around obedience. It's almost as if you could think of a, padlo a door that has two keys, the key that opens the doorknob and the key that's the padlock. Obedience is so key. You can be as available as you want to God, but if you're not obedient to what he says, if your heart is not obedient, you will only go so far. Obedience and availability must be connected to each other. They must be there. They must be connected and lived out. Because if you're available, you're going to see some things happen. 
You're going to see God show up. You're going to see God do some amazing things. But at the end of the day, the difference between you experiencing some of what God has for you and the fullness of what God has for you is your obedience to God. It's your obedience to what he speaks to you. It's your obedience to what his word speaks to us about how we're to live our lives. I want you to know that we, the story we receive in the Bible about Moses, he was someone that didn't just have one Kairos moment. He had so many Kairos moments. He had moment after moment where God showed up in power, but he did not experience the fullness of what God had for him because of disobedience. There's some of us today that you're seeing God show up in different times but the Lord wants you to know, even right now in this moment, if you don't get this obedience thing right, full obedience, you might find yourself sitting on a mountain from afar watching someone else enter into the fullness of what God had for you. Are you with me? This is, this is the difference. This is what it's about. Moses, the children of Israel, they were not able to enter into the promised land. They lived and died in a wilderness. And Moses sat on a mountain while another generation passed through the waters because of this issue of obedience. Obedience makes all the difference. Obedience to what God speaks. Obedience to living our lives free of sin, free of the things that would separate us from God's love. And I think we think we can get by on partial obedience, but it can only get you so far. Yes, you might see a few things. Yes, you could see some, some things happen, but I want you to know it will always limit you. It will always keep you from the fullness of what God has. Moses came with his excuses. He came with, with all these things. He tried to shut the door, but God continued to show him over and over and over again. And God finally asked him, what do you have in your hand? He told him the rod. He laid it down. This was all obedience. He said, I can't speak. I can't do these things. I, God helped him overcome every one of those. And at the end of the day, what we see happening, come on up, Pastor Rick. And worship team, if you're in the overflow, come on up at this time if you'd like. He was obedient to the Lord. He was obedient to what God said. He said, go and speak to the people. Go and speak to Pharaoh. Go and speak to those that are there. Lay it down before me. Take it up before me this way. The Lord began to speak to Moses as Moses obeyed him every step along the way. That obedience led to blessing. That obedience led to more moments where God showed up. But when God spoke, when God said, speak to the rock, and Moses struck the rock, those became the limiting factors on his life. When God says one thing and we do another, it becomes a limiting factor in our life. But God has more, amen? And his grace is new every single morning. And he's here today. And his presence is here. And as we turn our hearts towards him, as we make ourselves obedient to him, as we cast off the things that hold us back, as we turn away from the things that are keeping us too busy and we make ourselves available to him, he meets us with power and with strength and with anointing. The Lord asks you today, what's in your hands? What do you have? What are you holding on to? For Moses, he said, I have nothing but a rod. Some of you are saying, I have nothing but this. And you feel it's so small and so insignificant. I, I recall a boy in the New Testament who was standing around 5,000 people who were hungry and had nothing to eat. And all he had 
was five loaves and two fish. And in the hands of Jesus, he said, lay it down. And it was multiplied and it was blessed and it was more than enough. I want you to know what you think isn't enough. God's hand over it makes it more than enough if you'll lay it in his hands. Today I'm going to give an altar call for those who are ready to make themselves available. I want to give an altar call for those who are ready to become obedient, fully obedient. Say, Lord, no, it's not partial obedience anymore. It's going to be full obedience to what you say. Full obedience of my life. Full obedience of my marriage. Full obedience of my relationships. Full obedience, Lord God, of what you're speaking in your word to me. I'm holding nothing back. Come on, stand to your feet with me today. Today, if you're making yourself fully available to God, saying, Lord, I want to experience everything you have for me. I'm making it a priority, Lord God, to seek you, to seek your presence. That's you. I want you just to come to this altar right now. That's you. Just come. Come down and we're going to begin to pray. If you're here today and you know that you, there's things that God's saying to you, you have to become obedient and you're not obedient yet, but you're ready. God's calling you to take a decisive step. Step forward to this altar and we're going to pray for you as well. That's you and saying, Lord, I'm I'm not, I'm not playing this game of partial obedience anymore. Some of you know exactly what this means. Some of you, it's in your relationships. Some of you, it's in your own life. Some of you, it's because God's been speaking to you and you haven't been obeying what he's said to do. Whatever it is, you just come. You just come right now, we're going to pray. I believe the Lord's ready to open up some moments in this time right now. I believe he's ready to just speak and to touch, to anoint. Come on, church body, I want you just to pray as people are coming and if God's stirring your heart right now, just, just step out. Don't, don't be afraid of what might happen. You're not making yourself available to me. You're making yourself available to the Lord right now. That's what the response is. Lord, I'm available to you. Lord, I'm going to be obedient to you. Lord, whatever that looks like, whatever it takes, whatever your word says, Lord God, I come under you. Thank you, Jesus, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, Lord God. Jesus, Lord God. Jesus, Lord God. Lord God, we come before you right now, Lord God. And we yield ourselves to you, Lord God. We make ourselves available to you. Lord, we run at such a fast pace. There's so much going on, Lord God, around us. And yet there's moments you call us just to slow down, to tend to the bush that's consumed with fire and not burning up. To tend to those moments where we just want to speak into our hearts, Lord God. And so today, Lord God, we repent of busyness. We repent, Lord God, of the wrong priorities. We repent of, Lord God, not making time for you. And today we lean into you, Lord God. We lean into your presence, Lord God. We lean into this dedication, Lord God, of our hearts that we're going to make ourselves an available people to you, Lord God. And Lord, we're going to make ourselves obedient to you, Lord God. We're going to choose today, Lord, whatever it looks like, whatever it takes, whatever it is, Lord God, we will be obedient to you, Lord God. Whatever that looks like, Lord God, whatever that means, whatever that would cost us to surrender to you right now in this moment, Lord God, we come under your word, we come under your leadership, under your authority, Lord God. Speak to our hearts, Lord God. Convict us by your spirit, Holy Spirit, we pray. You promise, Lord God, in your word that you'll take away a heart of stone and give us a heart that's sensitive to you. You said the children died in the wilderness in Moses' generation because they had hardened hearts. Today, Holy Spirit, come soften our hearts. 
with your love, Lord. Soften your hearts with your presence, Lord God. We ask you to meet us today, Lord God. You said you'd write your word on our hearts, Lord God, that we could walk in your ways. Help us to walk in your ways. Holy Spirit, help us to walk in a way that pleases the Lord. Jesus, Lord God. Jesus. I want you to look up in here with me. In the first service, we went through this part of the message. And it was right here in this moment as we were praying, the Lord just dropped something in my heart. And I'm going to share it with you as well. About a few years ago, we got a, we got a van um, for, the, for the kids. And we got this van. It was like a 2015 van. And something like I'd never seen before, when they handed me the keys to my car, it wasn't a key. I couldn't find the key. It's like built up inside of this thing. But all I have is this thing. And I've been one that has locked my keys in the car before, and I'm sure you have before. But this is, this is different. I don't have to click to unlock or lock my car. When I have the key with me and I walk up, my presence unlocks the door. And it was in this moment in last service, as I was here, that I just felt the Lord say that. He pointed me right to this key fob and reminded me that we don't have to fumble with keys and with all these different kinds of things, that his presence, when we are following him, will unlock the door. It will unlock the things that we could never imagine. It will be the thing. And so it's amazing. Perhaps you have a, you know what I'm talking about. You just walk up to your car. You don't have to pull out the key. His, the presence of this unlocks it. That's what the Lord's going to do. I really believe that's what he's going to do. If we become a people of his presence, if we become people that are available and obedient to him, people marked by his presence, his presence will unlock the doors. That's what we're going to pray for. As I was praying last service, I see it again even today, that as you go from this place, there are things that are shut up, locked, difficult, that as we go, the Spirit of the Lord goes before us to unlock those things. His presence will be the determining factor for that. And so we're going to pray that. We're going to receive that. We're going to lean into that. But we have to be a people of His presence. We have to be a people longing for His presence. Listen, church family, be at the prayer meeting on Wednesday nights. Be here. Be here early. Be here in these moments. Be a people that come to the altar and to worship and to pray because it's in that place. It's as we pursue His presence, He unlocks the door for everything else. He refreshes us. He touches us. Let's make that determination of our hearts right now. If that's your heart, say, I want it, Lord, I'm going to be someone that pursues your presence. I just want you to lift your hands all around this room right now. Lord Jesus, every hand lifted, every heart lifted, Lord God, before you today, Lord God, that says, Lord God, we will be a people of your presence. We'll pursue your presence, Lord God. We'll make ourselves available to your presence, Lord God, that you would lead us, that you would guide us, that your presence would begin to unlock things, Lord God, that have been shut up, that have been difficult, Lord God. Lord, I pray right now for wayward children, Lord God, that will come back to know you, Lord God. For those that have abandoned the faith, Lord God, that your presence will unlock their heart once more, Lord God. That you're going to soften them, Lord God. As, as we go from this place, Lord God, your presence will go before us, Lord God. That into dark areas, your presence will now become a light, Lord God. To broken places, your presence will now be a balm of healing, Lord God. Will your presence now go before us as we consecrate our hearts to you. To unlock things, Lord God. To move things, to touch things, to heal things, we pray, Lord God. We commit ourselves fully to you, Lord God. And we commit to follow you where you lead us. 
I pray your blessing over your people, over your sons and daughters today. Lord God, would you lead us? Would you guide us? Would you use us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. If I could have our prayer team come forward, we're going to have a chance for more prayer if you'd like. If you're here and you'd like someone to pray with you, we would love to. We're going to invite them forward. If there's anything going on in your life, we'd love to join with you in prayer. But uh, if you have to go, you're free to go. Join us on Wednesday night. Make sure you stop by the tables outside on your way out, and we'll see you next Sunday.